Hello and welcome to another episode of Daf Shri, Weekly Daf. Give me 40 minutes or so and I'll give you a Daf or so. This week we remember the 58th anniversary of the March on Washington, which is remembered most famously for Martin Luther King's I Had a Dream speech. But right before Martin Luther King, Rabbi Joachim Prinz, who was formerly rabbi in Berlin, until he was kicked out of Germany by the Nazis in 1939, if I remember correctly. His message was that when he was in Germany, he realized that worse than the racism and the bigotry was the silence. The silence of the people who stood on the side and watched as the racism and bigotry took hold and then translated itself into actions and ultimately killing and, and, and death. And so in that legacy is the legacy we try to uphold. As John Lewis said, we have to get into good trouble. We have to be out. We have to be loud when we see racism, when we see anti-blackness, and we have to defeat white supremacy. So we are on 73A in Baba Batra. We are jumping back into the Sea of Talmud in the fifth chapter. And when I say the Sea of Talmud this week, I mean it literally. We are talking about selling ships. But then in the Gemara, we go into the Talmudic Sinbad tales, talking about tales of people who went down to the sea in ships. Tales of Rabba Barbar Khana, we'll get there. Um, these are fantastic tales, tall tales, folk tales, magical realism tales. And uh, we're going to do that. That's going to be another, that's going to be for a couple of weeks because there are a couple of pages, a couple of dapim of them. We are at the uh, mission at the beginning of the fifth chapter of Baba Bacha We're continuing a conversation uh, that we had in the last chapter, which is a conversation about when you sell something, what is it that you are selling? So the last chapter, when you sell a house, you sell a field, what do you include in that? Do you include the little structure that you had on the roof? Do you include the cistern in the field, et cetera, and so forth? And we remember that fondly. So now we're going, moving on to what happens when you sell a ship. Hamocher et svina, one who sells the ship. Machar et toren vetanes vetogin vetkol hamaniginota. With it, he sells the mast, the banner or topsail, or uh, flagstaff, the anchor, and all that which is used to steer the ship, oars, rudder. But he doesn't sell that which is not attached to the ship, apparently, and that includes enslaved people, nor bags in which he keeps stuff that he's going to sell and buy, nor Antiki, which actually the the Gemara later on on 77b says is stuff, the stuff that is sold, that's in the bags. But when he says, I'm selling you the ship and everything that is in it, behold, it is all sold. So I just want to note in kind of horror, but the Mishnah is listing enslaved persons together with other metaltalin, other items of sale. And this was the culture, and this is part of, of the legacy. So I just, just let that hang there. Okay, Gemara. So the Gemara is going to be kind of a vocabulary lesson. Toren, Iskria. So the mast is a mast. 
and uh, how do we know? V'chein Omer, Erez Milvanon Lakhulasot Torin Alecha, and that is a uh, the proof text is a verse from Yecheskel talking about uh, things that are brought to the temple. So Erez the cedar is taken from Lebanon in order to make a Torin, and the, so therefore the the uh, Gemara connects the Torin, the mast, uh, with the cedar of Lebanon, with the cedar. So that's why it's a Torin. It's a, a mast. Nace, the uh, banner or the topsail. Idra. V'cheinu omer, sheish b'rikma mimitzrayim, hayam mifrascha liot lecha l'nace. And so this verse says, second proof text from Ezekiel, proving that the banner was a banner or the sail was a sail because it says that it is uh, six in that are these kind of fancy cloths from Egypt was your sail in order to be a banner for you. Ugin, the anchor. Tzni Rebichia elu uginin shela and Rebichia says these are its anchors. V'chein omer halahenti shabarna and this is from Ruth. And this is Nomi trying to push away Ruth, push away Ruth, and saying, uh, will you wait until these unborn children will grow up, meaning to marry them? Uh, will you be anchored, not being to a man, not being wedded to a man? So Nomi trying to push Ruth off in that famous seen, and there uh, the word is te'agana from ogen, from anchor, and the same anchor as we have here in our verse. Manhigin, Amrabi Abba, Elu Hamashotin Shela. So Manhigin, the things in, in that, that allow you to steer the ship, Rabbi Abba says these are the oars. And so it says that the uh, the trees from Bashan were made into your oars. Or if you want, from here, and uh, a second proof text from Ezekiel, that all those who grab the sailors, basically, all those who grab oars, have to come down from your ship. So therefore, once again, another proof text that mashot is a, that manhigecha means mishotecha. The oars of the boat are included in the sail. Tznor Abanan, hamocher et asfina, machar et iskila ved bor So we have another uh, text, that one who sells the ship sells uh, the container uh, inside the ship, like the this kind of uh, structure inside the ship, and the well of water which is in it, right, the sister, the water cistern in it. Rabbi Natan Omer, HaMocher HaTasfina Machar HaTabitzit. So Rabbi Natan says the one who sells the ship sells kind of the small boat, the dinghy of the ship. Sumchus Omer, HaMocher HaTasfina Machar HaTadugit. And Sumchus says that one who sells the ship also sells this different type of of dinghy, and that is from the root dogs. So it's probably like a, a, a fishing boat. So you have like a fishing boat off of the big ship, which you go out and just catch fish with or whatever. I'm from Brooklyn. I don't know. Amarava Bitsit. Well, actually, in, in, in Brooklyn, there were places that people went fishing. So it's not an excuse. It's just, I don't know. Amarava Bitsit Hainu Dugit. But Rava comes to my rescue and says that they're both the same thing. Bitsit and Dugit. Rabinat and Bavla Have Karela Bitsit. 
So Runatan was from Bavel. He called it a butzit. Kidamarinchi butziata de Meshan. As people say, it is a butzit, a this dinghy from the river Meshan. Uh, apparently, Meshan was a small river. You can only do, you can only navigate it in a very small ship. Sumchus de Bar Eretz Yisrael. So Sumchus, who was from the land of Israel, Kari la Dugit. He called it a Dugit. Kidichtiv achreitchen besirot Duga. And at the end, you you will be in fishing ships, right? And that's from Amos, God swearing, Ki hinei yamim ba'im alichem, and he said chem betzinot v'achretchen besirot daga. God will bring you back in everything, including in fishing ships. God will scoop you up. Now, there are a lot of, it's translated a lot as um, fishing baskets, as if God is fishing people and bringing them back. Okay. So that stops the um, straightforward part of our program. And now we start and jump into the waters. Amar Rabbah. Rabbah says, and now, important clarification. Uh, we're going to be using, for here on in, we're going to be going straight with the Hamburg manuscript. We're going to ignore the printed edition, and you'll see that it's in a different, the stories are in a different order. It's a better manuscript. The Aramaic in this, in these stories is really complicated and difficult, and so it gives itself over to many, many scribal errors. So instead of each time just pointing them out, we're just going to go straight with the Hamburg manuscript, which is thought by scholars to be the best manuscript, the best version that we have. I'm reading the manuscript as reproduced by Ruvain Cooperwasser in his article, Masa Ocha Rabba Barbarhana, The Travels of Rabba Barbarhana, because he also takes, he starts his base text is the Hamburg manuscript, but he corrects the Hamburg manuscript with some of the other manuscripts when there is a reading in the manuscript that is either problematic or uncertain. So that is just a first step. Okay, so here we go. So we're going to start. So as we, I want to say that now because you will see that the first story in the Hamburg manuscripts is not the first story in the the printed editions. It's actually the second story, and they have it in the opposite order. Here we go. Amar Rava. So Rava says Rava is actually. I mean, the, 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 the it's written Rava, but it is Rava. All these stories are attributed to Rava Barachana. Amar Rava ishtauli nachuteyama. So those who went down to the ocean told me, Bain gala la gala tlat mea parse ruma, between one wave and another, I was once out in the ocean, right? Uh, and between one wave and another, there was, it was 300 parasangs. Rumya de gala tlat mea parse. And the wave was 300 parasangs high. You know, parasang is about two and a half kilometers, so it's a lot. It's very high, very tall, and the valley between the waves is very long. Zimna Chada Hava Azlina Besvinta. One time I was, we were going on a ship, Dalinan Gala La Ela Tlat Mea Parse, and the sh- the wave picked us up, 300 parasangs, Vechazite Be Marbeita de Kochava. And I saw the place where a small uh, star rested. Kimivzak Arbai Grive Chardla. And it was the amount that was needed to plant 40 measures of mustard seeds, which is a bunch. And if the wave had lifted us up any higher, we would have been burnt from the heat. Ramale Gala Kola Lechavre, one wave 
called out to its friend, to the other way. Did you leave anything in the world which you did not destroy? And the other way of answered, look at the strength of the one who uh, of your of your Lord, your 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 Adon, meaning God. Because I did not even uh, pass over the width of a sand line. Shinamar haoti lo tirao noum adonai imipanai lo tachilu asher samti chol gvul ayam chok olam lo yavrenu. Will you not? This is from Yirmiyahu. Will you not fear me? Says God. Will you not be afraid for me? That I placed sand as the border to the ocean. This is an eternal law and shall not be transgressed. So we have one wave saying to another. Did you wipe out the world? And the other way of saying back, wipe out the world. I couldn't even go over the, the, the border from the sea to the earth because that is the law that's set down by God. So we start to get an idea here that the, these stories, fantastic as they are here, we have the uh, talking, talking waves, which are gigantic monster waves, but also it's about the, uh, the binary opposition between chaos and cosmos, right? Between order and chaos or between life and destruction, or between God and other powers, whatever binaries we, we, we want to have here. Okay, story number two, Amarava. Amarava. So Rabba Rohana says the second thing, Ishtaolina So people who went to see said to me, told me, There was a wave which was about to drown the ship. Itle Bereshe Kitsitsita Denura Chivra. Um, and it had on the top, the, the peak of the wave, uh, like a branch of white fire. And the sailors had a, a branch on which it was carved, I am, I am that I am, or I will be that I will be, God of hosts. And it, they and they hit the wave with it, and the wave rested. Okay, so here you have the sailors fighting the wave and winning. Ve'amarava, third story. Ve'amarava. I keep saying Rava because in the the Hamburg manuscripts is written Resh Bet Aleph, and Rava is usually written Resh Bet Hey, but it's assumed that it is Rava. Ve'amarava. Le'didi Chazili Hurmiz Bar Leliuta. So I saw, so now we're moving from Rabbi Barachana talking to sailors or talking to people who were on, went down to the sea in ships to Rabbi Barachana saying, I saw, right? These are I saw stories. I saw. Hormiz, the son of Liliata, who uh, would jump on the uh, battlements around the city. Virahit Parsha, and a horseman, going as fast as he could, riding on a horse, could not catch up to him, this monster. Zimnachad, one time, Sargile Tarte Kudniata, Vikaminan Atre Gishre Dagang, Dagang, Dogang, Vishaber Mehai Lahai, Mehai Lahai, so at one time, he had taken two animals and uh, 
yoked them together and they were on two different bridges over the river Donang and he jumped from one animal to the other animal and back and forth. And he had he took two cups in his hand, and he poured water from one to the, the other and back. And he didn't he didn't lose a drop. Right? Not a single drop uh, spilled out of the cups. And that day it was fulfilled, what it says in Psalms 107.26, uh, they will go up to the heavens and come down to the depths. So in other words, he himself, this uh, uh, Hormiz, was a, uh, uh, fulfilled this, going up to the heights and going down to the depths. So the king heard about him, the monarchy heard about him, and thought that he was a danger to the monarchy, and so they killed him. All right, so kind of a local thing here. The Hormiz might sound familiar. Um, there are two things, in, um, and there are differences in manuscripts. There's Hormiz and Hormin. Now, the, the difference in the manuscripts reflects the difference between Hormiz, who was the good god in Persian culture, while Ahriman, Hormin, was the bad god. And so it's possible that here the better version is Hormiz, the good god, and then another binary is the rabbis who are telling these stories, saying even the good god is bad, right? making fun of denigrating the Persian god. I'm a Rabbi Baruchana. So Rabbi Baruchana said, I'm Lididi Chazili Urzila Derima Bar Yome. I myself saw a baby Ra'im. Now, Ra'im is kind of a uh, uh, this mythical bison type creature. I myself, I myself saw this baby a day old, Dahave Kahar Tabor, which was as big as Mount Tabor, which is in the Galilee. Vahar Tabor Kamahavi, and how big is, is Mount Tabor? Arba'in Parsi. It was 40 parasangs. That's not the real Mount Tabor. And its neck was three parasangs long. And the place that its head sat, so in other words, the bottom of its head, was a parsa and a half, a parasang and a half. And it defecated in the Jordan and it dammed up the river. All right. Well, there you go. The Amar Rabbi Barbarchana, and another story. Rabbi Barbarchana says, "Lididi Chazili Hai Akrukata Dahavi Akra Dehgeronia." I myself saw another Lididi Chazi. I myself saw a frog that was as big as the battlements of Heragonia. The Akra Dehgeronia Kamahavi, and how large were these battlements around Heragonia? Shitin Bate. There were sixty houses in them. Ata Tanina Bala. So a, a Tanin, a, this mythical beast, came and swallowed it. Ata Pashkata Bala Tanina. And so the second mythical beast, the Pashkata, some kind of a, a bird, ate the Tanin. Vesalik Vyativ Bilana. And then went and sat in a tree. Tachaze Chele Dilana Kamehabe. So come and see how strong that tree was. 
Amar of Papa Bar Shmuel, Ila da Habe Hatam Lahimne. Papa Bar Shmuel said, If I had not been there, I would not have seen it. So the second group of of stories are about the focus, I don't know, the focus is the question that it raises is about the truth of the telling of the stories itself. Not truth in our sense, but the sense of the immediacy, because you have both. They are stories which are lididi chazili, I myself saw, and then we have Rav Papa Bar says, if I had not been there, I wouldn't have believed it. So there is kind of facticity as part of the aesthetic of the telling of these tall tales, these um, stories which are kind of beyond belief, but they're beyond belief in that we want that the impact to be immediate in the sense that I was there, right? And these tales are at the same time also, and this is really hard to figure out because uh, it's hard to figure out humor cross-culturally, but also you have this massive bison who poops in the Jordan and dams up the river flow. You have Right, this uh, 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 Hormiz or Hormin who's jumping back and forth across two rivers and in a display of mad skills pours water from one cup to another and doesn't spill a drop. But the king then decides to kill him and he kills him. Right? So there's there's a, a an element, it seems, of humor in the brazenness of of the telling of these stories, which are all Lididi Khazili. I saw this happen. This week's podcast is brought to you by Shazam for Idolatry. Do you ever walk down the street and see people doing stuff that's got to be idolatry? Have you ever been in one of those conversations where your best friend's new friend is mouthing off about stuff that is so off the wall it's got to be idolatry, but you don't know how to find out? Well, now there's an app for that. Shazam for Idolatry. It's just like Shazam, but for idolatry. Pointed at the offending person, the action which is an abomination, the political ideology, And the app scans it and tells you on the spot whether it's idolatry or you should just chill out. And if you mention Daf Shui, you get the app free for a month. Just go to www.shazamforidolatry.com slash Daf Shui. You won't regret it. Okay, we're going into the third section. And these are Zimna Chada stories. Once once upon a time stories. I'm a Rabbi Barbara Chana. Rabbi says, Zimna Chada Habaka Azilna Besvinta. One time I was on a ship, or we were on a ship. Chazina Le Lahau Kavra De Ilale Achlatina Beuse Umit. And we saw a, a, a certain fish that a tolat, a, um, a, a kind of a spider, went into its uh, nostrils, and it died. And the water picked it up and threw it onto the, onto the shore. Because of it, 60, 60 cities were destroyed. And another 60 cities ate of its flesh. So they made a meal of it. And another 60 cities uh, uh, used the salt off of it, or, they, or they, they salted, or they salted its flesh and kept it. And from the, the pupil of its eyes, they made 300 tins of oil. Lishana kihadrina vatinan have minasrin migarme kure lemivne lahanach machose. When they came back the next year, or when we came back the next year, 
we saw that they were bringing from its bones, um, or the, and they were chopping up these bones in order to make uh, boards and uh, to rebuild the cities. Zimna chada habeka azilna bisfinta. So Rabbi said, one time I w- we were traveling in a ship. Bechazina lahau kavra diativ chalta agabe bekadach ale chizarta, and we saw a a fish, a, 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 a what's obviously a gigantic fish that sand gathered on its back, and so much sand gathered on its back that it started to grow a, a dardar, this kind of a prickly plant. Severina to be a whom we thought therefore that it was like an island that it was land and we went there and we kneaded dough on it and we we baked so in our baking the fish got hot and it turned upside down and if the boat had not been close by, we would have all drowned. Right? So here you have a fish, which they think is dry land, and then they're going to eat on it, and then it turns over and almost kills them, but then they get back in their boat, and they're fine. So again, we have in the previous one, we had a fish, which was killed, a large, very large fish, which is killed by a very small animal, um, kind of a spider thing which then wipes out all these cities, but then feeds all these cities and then rebuilds the cities that are wiped out. says, once upon a time, I was, we were going on a ship. And the ship went between the fins of a fish. Three days and three nights. The fish was going against the current and we were going with the current. And therefore, we, were, we should have been going faster. And it took us three days to pass the fish. And if you're going to say that the ship was just not traveling fast, when Ravdimi came back, Ravdimi said that in the time it took to heat up a kettle, uh, the the ship had gone 60 parasangs. In other words, it actually was going very fast. And what's here is just noting that Kiatar Ravdimi is usually when Ravdimi came from Eretz Yisrael to Babel. He brought a halacha, but here he brought, he just happened to bring something about this very ship. The Ikada Amri, and there are those who say, Shad Yagira Parsha Yachile. And there are those who say that a horseman shot an arrow and so fast it couldn't, however, it couldn't uh, catch the fish. Amar of Ashi, how Gildana Diyamahu, Deitle Tre Shitse. So Rav Ashi said, it is a fish that's known as a Gildana of the sea, which has double uh, fins. It has double fins. Now, Gildana is usually a a small fish uh, in the sac- in Saklo's dictionary, but so it could be that the small fish that it's kind of ironically, this is the monster Gildana, like a like a goldfish, monster goldfish, or else I don't know. Vamaraba Babarchana Zimna Chada Habakazilna One time we were going on the ship. We saw a bird, the Habakima ad Karsula Bamaya, that was standing up 
to its ankles in the water, and its head was uh, touching the heavens. Savarna de Lekamaya and the Nefishan, we thought that therefore the water was not very deep. Baina Lamechat Litsanune Nafshin. So we went, wanted to go down into the water in order to cool ourselves off. Nafik bat kalava amralan. So a, a divine voice came out and said to us, Hacha ba'itu litsanune nafshaychu. Here is where you want to cool yourself off. Dinafale chatsina de beinagri sheba shnin vila mate mata ara. Behold, a hatchet belonging to a carpenter fell into the river here, and it's been falling for seven years and it still didn't hit the ground. In other words, it's pretty deep. And then the narrator or the third party says, It's not actually because the, the water was that deep, but because the water was going so fast. Amaravashi. Hahu ziv ziz shadai have dichtiv viziz shad viziz sadai imadi. And Ravashi said that this is what is referred to as Ziz Sadai when it says in Tilim fifty eleven that Ziz, in other words, referring to that fish, that is the Ziz of my field. Unclear what that is, but in Psalms, the Radak, uh one of the late medieval commentators says Ziz Sadai Milat Ziz who klal lechayota sadam in bariot. Um, he says that Ziz is just a generic term for desert animals. But then he says Ubidrash Ziz Sadai. What in in the Midrash Ziz Sadai is Amar Yehuda Bar Simon Haziz Hazehu Of Gadol Bishashu Pares Knafav Makeh Galgal Chama. It's a massive bird. The time it spreads out it its wings, it darkens the sun. Right. So that's what Ziz is, and so therefore when it says Ziz Sadai, this is some kind of divine or magical creature. Now we're moving into another set of tales, and this will be the last one for today. Zimna Chada Havaka Azilna Bamadbara. One time I was we were walking in the desert, but Chazina Lahanach Avzi. Dintur Gadfaihu, and we saw these ducks whose wings were falling off Mishumnaihu because of the amount of fat on them. Vinagid Vaati Chuta Dimashraminayu, and just fat was was dripping from them. Amrilu, we said to them, Idlan Begavaihu Chulka Almadati, will we have a part in you in the world to come? And will we get to eat you in the world to come? So one of them picked up his, his uh, leg, and one of them picked up his wing, saying that this is what you're going to have, or this is what this will be your portion in the world to come. When I went in front of Rebelezer, Israel will give, will in the future have to give judgment on this. Now the question is what is what exactly are they going to have to give judgment on? Is it that they ate the from these birds or that they didn't eat from the birds? Unclear. Okay. So what's going on here? A little bit about this. I mean it's not the what's going on here question will not be answered. Sorry. But there's a bunch of things going on. One is the absurdity, right? This is just 
people sitting around telling tall tales. And we know that that happens in lots of different cultures. Um, and so it's uh, these there is there are a number of different ways to approach this. So, for example, if we go the traditional route, the Rashbam says, who's on the page, says, Kol hani Hashem. All of these stories are import, or told here, accounted here, because uh, this is uh, how great are your works, God. In other words, the Rashbam taking them at face value and saying just that this is examples of how of God's creation. And some of them, further on, is to tell to to inform us about the reward for the the righteous in the world to come. Or to explain the verses in the Book of Job, which talk about great. Birds and great animals. Because all of every conversation that the sages have, uh, it must be studied. So that's one way to go. And then that is followed. There's a lot. There are a lot of of, of rabbis who follow in that, and commentators who follow that. And the the Gra, the Vilna Gaon in the 18th century, um, has a whole commentary on this in which an allegorical. Commentary uh, in which uh, each of these things is, is each of these waves and and monsters are symbols of either tests or challenges or or rewards in this world or the or the next world. So that's one way to go, right? That was one traditional way to go, and answers the question: Why in the middle of Baba Bacha do we have these Sinbad the Sailor type of of stories? Another way to go is 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 understanding them within the context of folk literature, right? And so therefore the there are it's the sages who are looking at cultures around them and they're seeing danger from other cultures and those dangers are being imagined in these things, in these dangers and that in in these stories we win, right? Because it's all Rabbi Rahana telling the story so he goes out engages the danger, encounters the danger, and comes back. Another way of, of looking at this is that this is a an expansion of, uh, or the central uh, line of these stories comes from Psalms 107, where uh, we have, and they will bring sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of God's deeds uh, joyfully. Right, and then they list the deeds. Your day hayam, or the people who will tell them, your day hayam ba'oniot, osem rabim. Those who go down to the sea in ships and do their work in deep water. They saw the works of God and God's wondrous, wondrous acts in the in the water. Vayomer vayomer galav, and God spoke. And the, the wind of the storm stopped and the the waves rose up. Go up to the heavens, go down to the depths, and their soul will be overcome with evil. They will go around like a drunk person, and all of their wisdom will be swallowed. They will call out to God in their narrow places, in their in their anguish, and God will will bring them out 
of their uh, uh, of their anguish of their 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 endangered space. It will make a storm. God will make a storm into quiet, and the waves will be quieted. And they will be happy because everything has been silenced, and God will lead them to the place that they desire. They will then praise God, thank God for God's greatness and his wondrousness for people. Each of those, the Yordei Hayam right? The ones who went down to sea in ships are the people who tell these stories, and these stories are the nifla, Niflaot, and they're all about waves and the heavens and uh, the depths, and even some of these, the verses are quoted, Yalushamayim Yerdu Tomot, that's uh, quoted with the with the Hormuz story jumping back and forth across the bridges. And so it could be that this is just kind of a fanciful interpretation of somebody looking at these verses and saying, well, what are these masim? What are these stories that are told about this? Right. Another question uh, or another point, another way of looking at this is that the point of these stories is that the hero of these mythological tales, as opposed to the hero stories of Persia or Greece, does not cut himself off from his roots, right? So it's not kind of your typical, your classical hero journey, where the hero goes and he learns something about himself and then he becomes something else. But rather, the hero ends up in the Beit Midrash. And we saw the first of those when uh, when I went back to Rebbe Lezer and I told him, he told me I should have done X. But in general, all these stories, Rabbi Barbarachana is relating these stories in the Gemara to us, right? In the Beit Midrash. And so um, it's not, as opposed to the hero story where the hero goes off, the Joseph Campbell, the hero goes off and then becomes something else, cut off from where the hero started. Here, the hero makes the full cycle and comes back to the Beit Midrash. And so that's why this is opposing these stories to the surrounding culture stories. Another way of looking at it is that these stories, as we mentioned in the beginning, were stories all about chaos and order, right? You have the boat and the waves, the waves and the the land. You have, you know, all these, the, these are all binaries about order and chaos, which run through the stories. And finally, uh, another scholar, Dina Stein, says the re- relevant question about, especially about the, you know, if I had not seen it, or when I went down, I saw it. The question is not about the truth of the stories, but rather how is the question of truth discussed in the stories themselves in the context of the whole Agatic section? In other words, that it is a discussion about truth rather than a discussion of truth. So it's not about it's like what is what is the point of the what is the impact of the fact that um, uh, you know that the truth becomes part of the aesthetic. I wouldn't have believed it if I had not been there, right? I saw this, and then we're talking about things that are that are fantastical, and so it's more of a an impact statement. Than something else, and so and and we also have to not forget the uh, humor and the absurdity of massive animals pooping in the Jordan, waves talking to each other about whether or not they can destroy the world, massive fishes who are undone by little um, ants, and then they destroy cities, but then the cities eat because of them and then they rebuild the cities with their bones. So that's where we're gonna where we're gonna end it on those reflections today and we'll continue with more Sinbad the Sailor stories and others next week right here in the Bait Midrash in the closet. I hope you had as much of a good time 
today as I did with these stories. And I hope you come back next week and bring a friend. It's two for the price of one. I want to thank my producer, my amazing producer, Ellie Unger Sargon. Um, please check out his podcast, Four Cubits, with Jeff Helmreich. I want to thank, as always, my amazing Chavruta, who went down to the ocean with me into the Sea of Talmud to figure out some kind of something, some kind of hopefully coherent understanding of these stories. Charlotte Van Robert and the communications director of the communications department of Daf Shui, Shachar Cohen Hodos. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Irmiklat, I-R-M-I-K-L-A-T, Irmiklat, or you can get in touch with me. And I always love the thousands and thousands of emails I get every week at the widow and the brothers at gmail.com. Be well, stay safe, have a good week, Shabbat Shalom. Hopefully we'll speak before Rosh Hashanah, but if not, Shana Tova, and have a sweet, sweet, healthy, just year. <laughs>